Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Enjoy basketball, soccer, and all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using bonus code CHAMPION and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Plus, when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code CHAMPION and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Now you're winning with the king of sportsbooks. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. and Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. When's the last time you took a time out? I'm Eve Rodsky, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fair Play and Find Your Unicorn Space, activist on the gender division of labor, attorney and family mediator. And I'm Dr. Aditi Narukar, a Harvard physician and medical correspondent with an expertise in the science of stress, resilience, mental health and burnout. We're so excited to share our podcast, Time Out, a production of iHeart Podcasts and Hello Sunshine. We're peeling back the layers around why society makes it so easy to guard men's time like it's diamonds and treat women's time like it's infinite, like sand. And so whether you're partnered with or without children or in a career where you want more boundaries, this is a place for you, for people of all family structures. So take this time out with us to learn, get inspired, and most importantly, reclaim your time. Listen to Time Out, a Fair Play podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lil Nas X is clapping back at criticism for kissing a male dancer at the 2021 BET Awards. Courtney Love is accusing Olivia Rodrigo of copying her album cover. And Ade Onibata is joining us to explain why Black creators on TikTok are protesting. It's June 28th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shiloh Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Okay, so if any of you watch the BET Awards this weekend, you'll know that Lil Nas X's set was absolutely amazing. You hear me what it called in your place. Ain't been out in a while anyway. Was hoping I could catch you throwing smiles at my romantic talking. During one of the songs, Lil Nas passionately kissed one of his backup dancers. Again, that was the amazing part. Well, no, everything was amazing. The singing was amazing. The dancing was amazing. The kissing was amazing. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, the kiss, while it received praise from many, it of course uh, got some backlash because of, well, the internet and people. 
One user said the performance disrespected African culture. Lil Nas clapped back at the hater, tweeting, y'all really like to pretend homosexuality didn't exist in African culture. I mean, look, first of all, yes, to what you said, everything was amazing. The performance, the kiss, also the fashion. He wore a gown that was so stunning. And I saw him clap back about the gown as well. People were saying that it wasn't masculine enough and things like that. And he was just like, we're, this is the year of emasculating people in 2021, and we're going to do something that we want to do. I just love it. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I'm sorry, did you not see Billy Porter like years ago do that? Right, exactly. I'm like, let people wear gowns. Like just it's fashion. Everyone can wear fashion. I don't like these stupid rules. But yes, I was really here for the performance. It was the only one like one of two that I like went out of my way to watch. I mean, no one really had I mean, I don't want to say no one, but I'm thinking about when Britney Spears and Madonna kissed and there was more like, I think, acceptance. And I'm like, OK, but when two men kiss, it's all of a sudden a problem. We should correct that. Listen, I love Lil Nas X and everything that he does always because he really he really he's really helping the queer culture. He really is. Now, meanwhile, Courtney Love, of all people, is calling out Olivia Rodrigo over a prom photo. Now, Love posted on Instagram, quote, spot the difference, hashtag twinning. The picture was of Rodrigo in a prom dress with mascara running down her eyes, wearing a tiara and holding a bouquet of flowers. Rodrigo used this photo to help promote her live concert event prom. But according to Courtney Love, it looks eerily similar to the cover of Hole's 1994 album, Live Through This. Now, Rodrigo responded to the initial Instagram post with a comment, love you and live through this so much. Now, on Instagram, Courtney appeared cordial and responded asking Olivia to DM her for info on how to send her flowers from her favorite florist, along with a note. However, on Facebook, she said, does Disney teach kids reading and writing? God knows. Let's see. Yes, this is rude. Rage inducing? Honey, if I had a dollar for everyone this happens, I'd be real rich. That doesn't really make sense. <laughs> okay, wait, Charlotte, I have a question. Courtney wanted Olivia to DM her so that Olivia could send her flowers? Like she was asking for flowers to be sent to her? Right. That was like, even though she like said it nicely, it was like, you know, you could hear it's like one of those like mean moms type of nice. She was like, by the way, um, you know, my favorite florist is in Notting Hill, hint, hint which is just so tacky, in my opinion. I don't know. There's been a lot of conversation about this online. Um, And, you know, some people are pro-Olivia saying, like, you know, this is just paying homage or, like, you don't, like, she doesn't have, Courtney doesn't have ownership over all prom photos, you know? Like, it's a standard thing. But then some people are saying that, you know, Olivia should have tagged Courtney and that it really was very similar. And if she did use that photo as inspiration, she should have, given some recognition. So I I don't know. What do you think? No, no. I like I agree with both sides. And it's also really interesting. I mean, what? Olivia's 17, right? Right. Um, (laughs) There's a good chance, like unless, you know, she might actually if she genuinely like loves Courtney Love, which great music is great. Like she could be. And if she knew about it, then, yeah, I think a tag kind of would have been a nice like thing to do. But if she didn't and like her like producers did this, it's kind of like, okay, well. And it's like, again, like you said, I agree with both sides. But I also think that the way Courtney handled it was really tacky. Like, you know, send a private message or like just send an Instagram saying like, you know, next time X, Y, Z. But like to be so like two-faced is just not cute Mm. yeah 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 it was bizarre (laughs) 
All right, so moving on to another important conversation the internet is having today. For a long time, Black dance influencers on TikTok have sat by and watched others profit, many of whom are white, from the choreography they work so hard to create. However, now many are taking a stand, and it might be the most important one yet. Several Black creators have pledged to not create any dance challenges for the foreseeable future in protest of this rampant cultural appropriation. BuzzFeed News reporter Ade Onibata wrote all about this protest and joins us now with the latest details. Hi, Ade. Hey, Shyla, How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us. So can you first talk about the various events that led up to this moment? This has been a long time brewing. So walk us through some examples that illustrate what a problem this has been on TikTok. I mean, we can go back a year ago, we can go back two years ago for as long as black creators have been creating dances on TikTok, there's been this issue. Uh, Of course, the most famous one is with Renegade. um, And it took a piece from the New York Times essentially to actually give credit to the actual creator. But even then, these issues continue to persist, even though a lot was said at that time. uh, And the expectation was that creators would do better. Um, after seeing how Jayla had basically been erased from a dance move, uh, from an entire very complex routine, because I can't do it to save my life, even up to nope. now. <laughs> um, but highly skilled, super impressive, and this young black girl was in, completely erased from it. And at that moment, I think everybody could feel that an injustice had been done. So you, you would assume that moving forward, there would be a better kind of way of doing things where it, which would involve crediting but that didn't seem to happen and in fact it continued to persist we've seen black tiktokers kind of stage their own kind of campaigns spamming larger accounts and basically saying hey credit this person credit this person and then we see moments like just even this year addison ray going on jimmy fallon and performing about eight dances none of which she created herself most of the creators are people of color smaller accounts who don't have anywhere near to the following that she does and altogether we're completely erased from that moment once again so yeah this has been a persistent issue and even stems beyond dance like we can talk about just comedy content skit creation we've seen this time and time again and it's almost akin to bring it on which is a great movie if you haven't seen it i don't know who it was from a classic well it is the bring it on i'm sure you've seen then that video where some black creators duetted a white dancer and it was them showing how they do the ba- dance better that was created yeah, of course. by black creators. Mean, you know, it really is bring it on. Yeah. And time and time again, like we see black creators trying to kind of like take the power back into their own hands and just doing things like that, where it's side by side duetting their friends and followers spamming the, the inbox. And then you'll see some creators turn their comments off because they know exactly what they've done. It's a lot. It's a lot to watch from the sidelines um, just as a spectator in this and not even as a creator. You know, so all this, you said, like, after all this that's been happening, you would assume that white creators would change. But, you know, let's talk about that moment with Addison Ray on Jimmy Fallon. That really, that dance segment added fuel to the fire. How do you think that that really started to change everything? Like, why was this a breaking point of sorts? I think for the most part, it's just a case of it doesn't cost you anything to credit. It it doesn't take away from you. You are the second most followed person on TikTok. You have an acting career. You chill with the Kardashians. Life is pretty made for you. And literally a credit could change the lives of any one of these creators. So at that point in time, it just feels like not only is this deliberate, it's being done with no kind of care or concern for other people, especially at a time when, you know, we've had such a tumultuous year 
from COVID, the pandemic, to, you know, as it's being referred to as a racial reckoning, you know, so many pledges have been made. White allies saying they're ready to step up. People are saying that they're ready to pull up, do better. Brands have made pledges. People have made pledges. Influencers have spoken out in ways that they haven't spoken out before and have promised and said they're going to do better. And this is one of those moments where you could have done better and you chose not to. And, you know, speaking of pledges, on the opposite side of that, Black creators have pledged to not create any dance challenges for the foreseeable future. So I'm wondering, has TikTok already started sort of feeling this burn? Are we seeing significantly fewer dance-related challenges? I mean, it's a weird one. So it's kind of like twofold. On one hand, it's been quite organic. Like I, I would be lying if I said this current thing has been something that was like deliberately, like we sat around the table and all the black creators, you know, went all in and said, all right, it's a strike. No, they're not, they're not unionized. <laughs> But it's definitely been like a a brewing sentiment of like, what's the point? I don't know if anybody's seen a recent documentary about who gets to be an influencer anyway that focuses on the experience of black content creators. And what we're seeing is that all the stuff that they're doing does not translate into the same outcomes as it has done with their white counterparts, which begs the question of what's the point. So we've definitely seen a decline in dance challenges. That's not to say that every black TikToker is participating in this. And that's not to say that every black TikToker only does dance. They are still creating content. They are still posting. Some people did create dance challenges, but for the most part, the sentiment and the feeling is tiredness, fatigue, uh, and a feeling not to do that. And on the flip side, we've just seen in general the, the kind of climate on TikTok shift. So it's moved away from dance challenges as well in itself. And what we're seeing is more lifestyle, mini vlogs, story times, accidental virality, that even some of the larger creators who first got famous doing dances are now doing more of that content anyway. What do you think about how the demonstration is right now connected to Megan Thee Stallion's latest thought shit? What do you like think will be the important significance of this release? I mean, Megan is one of those artists who is quite popular on the platform. Um, We've seen the Savage Challenge, which went viral last year. And we even got the Savage Remix, which was just as hard and I couldn't do either. (laughs) But the point remains is that, you know, Megan Stallion's music typically blends itself well to that kind of like challenge climate on TikTok. So in theory, you would expect that, you know, a dance routine or something that we can all do in unison or attempt to do would have emerged from this. Instead, it's become accidentally the soundtrack for some black TikTokers kind of saying, you know what, we're going to sit this one out. You know, white creators, you guys have this one and we'll follow your lead. And nobody's putting their hands on their knees, which is really bothering me personally, even though the song literally tells you to put your hands on your knees. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, I feel like symbolically, this mini experiment of sorts has just proved itself right. Like, or has lent itself to, to, to the cause of black creators when they say we are literally holding up this app. Like when you watch, when you watch the, the threads or the attempts to kind of take on this challenge or to create a challenge, they've been like, without wanting to be mean, but they've been pretty bad. Like they've not been great and they haven't had the effects that I guess any normal creator wants to have when they kind of put themselves out there in this way. Um, And I think on the part of creators, it's a big F you to the creator economy that isn't paying them, the the creator economy that isn't benefiting them, the creator economy that constantly leaves them marginalized, but will still happily 
feed off of their creativity to the benefit of other people. And I guess for the most part, black creators are just are tired of crumbs. They're tired of eating last and being paid dust for the most part. Well, even more when we come back to talk about the protest on TikTok taking social media by storm. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hi. I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of the Dr. Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues. And yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes too. Right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she, kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real. We're all trapped here. And there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reese Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody, I'm Rachel Bonetta, and I have my very own podcast called Benched with Bonetta. You kidding me? Woo! I'm just here so I won't get fined. You may know me from Game Day View or Game Day Morning on NFL Network. Basically, any shows with the word game in it, odds are you'll find me there. Every week, I'm going to be talking about all the things I find fascinating about the NFL, like breaking down games, questioning Tom Brady's genetic makeup. It's going to be great. I'm also doing something that has never been done before. I'm opening my DMs. DMs now open. We want to hear from you, fans of the NFL. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Did you commit a misdemeanor crime when you were 12 and need to tell somebody about it? Please, for the love of Roger Goodell, do not tell me. I can be held accountable. Listen every Tuesday and join me on the bench. Subscribe now and listen to the Benched with Bonetta podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Ade Onibata about the movement Black creators are creating on TikTok. Now, you spoke to Amanda Bennett, a co-founder of education collective Define Empower. She said the current demonstration was rooted in fatigue and the need to raise the bar for white allyship. Can you expand on what she means by this? Yes, of course. I mean, I think what Amanda was kind of saying is the stuff that we've been reporting on and and the conversations we've had with other young TikTokers and content creators on the platform. There is a general tiredness with TikTok, but at the same time, it's complicated because it is so central and it has so many eyes. So they do use it. And it's not just about dance. It's about academics. It's about influencers. It's about creatives. Anybody who kind of engages in that content economy and is trying to grow an audience, grow a platform, they find themselves constantly disenfranchised by an algorithm, brazen theft, silencing. You know, last year we reported on the fact that the Black Lives Matter hashtag itself was suppressed, which led to um, some TikTokers planning a Juneteenth protests even last year in which several of them vowed to delete the app and one star it in the app store in the end the creators decided not to do that because it was also pride month and they didn't want to disrespect pride month which i think just goes to show like the consideration that these young black tiktokers are making they're constantly in a conflict with 
whether or not to continue pouring into this app or to walk away from it altogether. So, you know, the intellectual property of dance is a new conversation we're having. It extends beyond the social media realm. You know, not long ago, actor Alfonso Ribeiro tried suing Fortnite over the Carlton and he had to drop the case after he wasn't granted a copyright on it. Have you found out anything about how tricky this becomes, legally speaking? It is difficult because ultimately everything is interconnected. You know, I think that's one of the the challenges. Like, how do you prove that this sole move exclusively belongs to me? It's not as with music where you can hear the chords or there are lyrics or there are particular tempos. Like there is something concrete to kind of like align. Dance is a lot more tricky, but there is someone who is making a move to, you know, change that. And that's Jaquel Knight, who ironically is the choreographer for Meg Thee Stallion's official video for Thought Shit. And he is the mastermind behind Coachella, which therefore makes him iconic to me forever <laughs> and ever. Um, but, you know, he, he's making headway with this. And, and I'm excited to see how this ripples into the social media landscape. But that's also kind of like assuming that dance will continue to be this popularized medium that people use on apps like TikTok to grow their audience. Today it's dance, tomorrow it's content altogether. You know, nobody thought that when they posted their last Vine that that would be the last Vine that they posted. And that's why it's so important on the part of TikTok to not get complacent about whether or not, you know, creators will continue to pour into this app if they don't feel like they're being treated fairly. So just going off of that, has TikTok actually like come forward and addressed this new pledge at all? I mean, how do you see the company handling these tensions down the road? I mean, TikTok was among the many brands who put themselves out there last year as far as when they were called out by their Black users. And, you know, they put out a well-crafted statement, I would say, you know, basically acknowledging that they had failed Black creators. In response to the latest wave of protests, they did reach out to BuzzFeed after we had published. Um, And, you know, they said that they cared deeply about the experience of Black creators on the platform. um, And they were trying to create a supportive and creative environment for them and to also honor and credit creators. So I think that credit element, you know, there are things that are really tangible and easy to do. And when we see them, we can start to believe it. Ultimately, until then, it starts to just feel like lip service. We've been down this road before with TikTok specifically, where they've pledged to do better. They've pledged funds. They've pledged platform. They've pledged space. With TikTok as the new sponsor for VidCon, it'll be really interesting to see how that works out. Because as someone who's been to VidCon in a press capacity, which was previously sponsored by YouTube, you would think only white people use the internet, which is why I use the phrase worldwide (laughs) web. Like you would never think that non-white people use the internet in terms of the the composition, who they choose to platform, the exhibition and the entire experience. And it was really puzzling for me as someone who's, you know, existed on the internet for, you know, over a decade, whether it be on black Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat or now TikTok, you know, I see with my own eyes how black, queer, Asian, minority, ethnic, you know, Latinx people contribute and build up a culture on this, on the internet. And I see what happens when it crosses over, becomes whitewashed, and it's no longer the thing that we knew it to be. Connect the dots better. I think that that is what I'd say um, to TikTok directly. Connect the dots better. A lot of the times, you know, non-white creators are battling a combination of algorithms, brazen theft, and, you know, being priced out. When you look at the the profile, the background of some of these larger white TikTokers, you know, they're not coming from 
the humblest of beginnings. Like they're eating good. They live relatively good lifestyles and therefore their TikTok profiles also exemplify that. But um, a lot of talent is being left behind. So, you know, Black performers on TikTok are feeling powerful for the first time in a long time right now. Do you see this movement as one of those changeable moments? Could what's happening now have a meaningful impact for artists and creators, not just on TikTok, but overall? The optimist in me wants to say yes. I think the optimist in me wants to, you know, fully believe that, you know, this moment is going to be remembered as one of those moments where it's like, remember when we didn't create a dance to thought shit and we let, you know, white creators did it and all they did was wave their arms in the air. <laughs> I hope it, it will be a teachable moment, but really and truly as powerful as black creators might be feeling right now, if there isn't an infrastructure to support them, that power will dissipate or it will be absorbed elsewhere. They will leave and go to platforms where that better serves them. What we shouldn't do is make the assumption that that's impossible. Again, when people posted their last vine, I don't think everybody kind of realized this is the last vine I'm ever going to post. It's important to not act like platforms don't come and go. And the same could be said for TikTok, as huge as it is now. And it will be, I wouldn't even sit here and act like it's not massive. It absolutely is massive, but it's basics. It relies on contributors. It relies on creators feeding it. And when the moment they stop feeding it, the machinery starts to slow down. Well, Ade, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, guys. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, let people wear whatever the hell they want. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. Underwear is the second. Shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first. Made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too. All designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas. Comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com comfy. The NFL is back, and the NFL app has you covered. So get ready for football all season long and just tap into the NFL app. NFL, baby, let's make it happen. Just tap in to watch your local and primetime games all season, now through Super Bowl 56. For the end zone, touchdown! Get up-to-the-minute news, videos, highlights, stats, and more on all your favorite teams and rookies to watch. Welcome to the NFL! Download to your mobile device today at nfl.com mobile or in your app store. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. This is Roxanne Gay, the host of the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. Each week I talk to an interesting person about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. We can't escape politics. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 